Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you as we're coming to you live from MGM Resort Summer League, live from the Thomas and Mac. Here in beautiful Las Vegas, I am back. One of the first shows ever to host from NBA Summer League a long time ago. And the whole team has me back again. We're here today for the next two hours. We're looking forward to talking a lot of basketball, mixing it in with Raider talk as we're on the flagship of the Silver and Black. A lot of news with the Raiders. One of their opponents, Baltimore, suffered a serious injury. We'll tell you how that will affect Monday Night Football And the breaking news for us today is we have a pair of tickets to give out to the game on Saturday. The first ever Raider game with fans will be Saturday night against Seattle. We'll give away a pair of tickets throughout this show today. It's gonna you're gonna have to earn it. You're gonna have to get in here and call the show. You're gonna have to give me something on the Raiders upcoming this year, what you expect from the team. Sound off like you got a pair. This isn't gonna be the ninth caller crap that gets a pair of tickets here. You're gonna have to get into the radio show today, start dialing, and Bobby will choose who's gonna win these tickets, and we'll give them away. 702-365-9200. Our good friend Kurt Heelan joins us, lead NBA writer the managing editor at NBCSports.com, one of the premier NBA insiders. And you stuck around for me, my friend. Thanks for doing this. Uh, you look, you've been coming to – you mentioned it. I remember seeing you sitting courtside at Summer League for years when you even weren't always doing radio uh, from here. I believed in this concept like you did. I mean, this is yeah. your living. I've, You know, Vegas needed something this time of year to get everybody through the hot summer and the heat and all that. And then once – the NBA got on board with it and said, oh, my God, now not 16 teams, 18 teams. They're all coming. They're mandated to be here. And then you know you're going to see the best players in the draft. It's a home run. It's, it's become a must-go NBA event. If you're really, truly a big NBA fan, you have to make the pil- pilgrimage out to Summer League because you don't get this close to the players. You don't get to see it this kind of raw, like where the players are just walking around or you can run into like, – I have I've run into coaches and, and stuff in my hotel while I'm here. Like – that kind of thing just doesn't happen. It's there's you know it's hard as a fan. There's just a barrier if you go to a, a Lakers game or a Suns game or whatever. Like that's not here. You you're really up close. It's almost more like training camp for baseball. You nailed it. When you go to an NBA arena, and for our listeners who get a chance to go to an NBA game, you don't have that access. No. And unless you're going to go to the team hotel or know where the players are going to be at, and you get that access here. I talked to Albert Hall before the show from Hall Pass Media, and he told me nine new NBA coaches. So when you look at the the coaches and the turnover, for someone like you who puts out a lot of content, you have to start studying the f- coaching philosophies of these coaches as they're coming in and they're trying to rebrand these teams? A little bit, and this is actually one of the chances for, I mean, the, most of them, the new coaches, are. there's a couple of recycled. They've been, Jamal Mosley's been an assistant forever. Like, you, some, you might know them, but, like, I don't know Mosley. This is my first chance to get there, and obviously this isn't quite the same in terms of access for media as most years. I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's still some you know, COVID-related sure. lines, but this is my first chance to talk to him at all, right, to, to, to get to know these guys at all, and, and that's huge. This is where you start forming some relationships with, with coaches with, and with young players. I, I, again, it's all a little bit Zoom, but, like, I haven't, I, I haven't met Kate Cunningham before. Yeah. This, you know, I, did, I was not in a press conference with him before, so except for a Zoom thing. So this is, this is fun. Kurt Heelan is our guest. So let's talk about the, 
Jalen Brown, Cade Cunningham game and the yeah. one and two. They really promoted this, the one and two, to see these guys because if they both hit, we'll talk about this 5, 10, 15 <laughs> yeah. years from now because Zion, when he launched here, Zion was overweight. He wasn't ready to play. He had a little bit of an injury here, and it was kind of like a little bit of a dud. Those two guys delivered. What did you see with their individual games? Yeah, that game actually was one of the more entertaining games I've seen here too. I mean, it really actually lived up to the hype, but Jalen Green's a bucket. That guy just walks into the yeah, floor and get, he just can score. I mean, we'll see how his game rounds out over the course of his career. That's the ultimate question with him. But he can just I – mean, the end of the day, JT, you got to score in the NBA. Yeah. you got to get points. And his low end is he's going to score 20 points a game in the NBA. And that, that's a pretty good floor, man. And Cade Cunningham, I've been really impressed because his game really isn't suited for the – style of ball played at summer league where it's it's a little more improvisational right and this is a, i don't want to call it a glorified pickup game but sort of i mean these guys have had four practices he doesn't have the level of shooting around him and yet he has been fantastic he is playmaking his he's a smooth athlete who sees the floor and what really impressed me he finishes through contact better than i thought he is stronger than i expected he's getting to the rim drop the ball off or finish but I, he's i can see him doing that in the nba being able to really be the kind of leads facilitator and his scoring is I mean that was the ultimate question he can do everything can he be a number one scoring option and it kind of looks like he might be able to looks that way to me Kurt Heelan joins us lead NBA insider for NBCSports.com so you're based in Southern California now that Russell Westbrook at his press conference Carmelo's on board and he's happy give me your big takeaway covering the story the last week to 10 days all the information you had about how LeBron put it together what credit Rob Palenka gets what does Jeannie Buss get credit-wise for all this deal. And talk to me about this chemistry. How important is training camp going to be for them and the potential of load management? Yeah, Jeannie Buss gets credit for being her father in the sense of, hey, let's swing for the fences. Let's not hold back. Let's go all out and win now. Um, and, and, you know, they've got the money. They, they, look, they, they, they print money over there, but they're spending it. They're, they're doing it. So give her credit. Rob Polinka pulled this off. Raw, um, you know, they were obviously talking about the Buddy Heel deal, which was smaller uh, and maybe fits a little better in some ways because he's such a shooter, but Russell Westbrook gives them, to use a baseball analogy, he's an innings eater. Right. right. You get in the regular season, you talk about, hey, LeBron's had injuries two of the last three years. AD is a whole litany of injuries throughout his career. You've got to keep their minutes in check. There's going to be load management. There's going to be some nights off for those guys. You can roll Westbrook out there, and he's going to put up a triple-double and help you get wins and keep you – really viable through the course of the season is he a perfect playoff fit no but ultimately they only have four guys left from the championship team on that roster but but what i like about that not to interrupt but you you talked about he's not a perfect playoff fit russell westbrook to me has to prove in the regular season maybe near the end of the regular season that he's going to be a facilitator there's got to be kurt a game or two that i see we're in the fourth quarter. Russell Westbrook isn't jacking up threes. He's driving to the rim in addition to AD and LeBron, right. who are finishing. If he can show me that, then I believe in him in the postseason. And, and he's got to cut and make some plays off the ball. He, he tends to stand around when he hasn't had the ball in the past. You're not taking the ball out of LeBron's hands. You're going to post up AD. You're going to set up AD in spots. He's got to be active off the ball. And if he can do that, it is valuable. I think it can work. Ultimately, for me, look, if LeBron James and Anthony Davis are healthy and playing like top five, top eight players, whatever you want to call it in the league, the Lakers are contenders. They're absolutely contenders. They'll be my pick to come out of the West. But that's what it, you've got to get them to the finish line healthy. That hasn't happened two of the last three years. And I think with LeBron, 
Russell Westbrook helps get them there. Kurt Heelan is our guest. I'm fascinated by what happened with Dennis Schroeder, <laughs> one of my son's favorite players. Loves Schroeder, loves his energy in his game. How come he turned down the money he did to play, pay, play now for $5.9 million, whatever it is? Yep. It's one of the biggest mistakes financially in modern NBA history. How can that happen with a league that's supposed to protect their players, agents, everybody involved who are supposed to talk themselves through this? How did he fall through the cracks? Either he or his agent believed that there was 100 to $120 million wow. out there for him, which is good starter money for a point guard. And I, I don't think anybody around the league that I talked to, there were a lot of people who were like, nah, 484 is about, which is what the Lakers offered. That's about right. That's what Fred Van Fleet got the year before. That's about the right level. Maybe, but I also heard, I'll say when I was here, I've heard that there was going to be an offer for him in the range, close to the range he wanted, except that team picked up a point guard. And that's kind of what happened. The Bulls went out. The, the, Jenna Schroeder was everybody's plan B. Yeah, and exactly. It, the, the Bulls got Lonzo Ball. The Knicks got an absolute steal with that deal on Kemba Walker. Every team that needed a point guard got one. The music stopped. He didn't have a chair, and then he was, he was done. And, and the, you know, look, he goes to a good place in Boston where he can split some time at the point guard spot with, with, um, with Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. If he plays well, he'll get, he'll a, get a good contract next year. But it's... I don't think he's going to make up that whole 84 over, the, over, over it. Like, I don't think there's another 484 out there for him next year, even if he plays well. Kurt Heelan is our guest. Let's talk about the other teams with the big three. We'll start in Brooklyn. I read something with their contract statuses. How are they going to lock those guys up long-term, or are they locked up long-term? How long can we see the big three of Durant, Kyrie, and Harden together? They just extended Durant for $198 million over four years, right? Uh, you're going to see extensions done before before the season starts right. with Harden and West uh, Westward Harden and Irving. They'll have them all for the next four years. Will they? That means for the next three years at least, they're contenders. Yeah. The, the fourth year we'll see the age might. Oh, they got to win them. a ring in three years over the they're next the favorite. Years. They, they got to as the favorite. They're going to they, get a ring. They are, here. They are the, hev- the heavy favorites going in, and if they're healthy, I don't see anybody who can beat them. They re- a really nice offseason, by the way. Blake Griffin is rejuvenated there. Yeah. Patty Mills was a steal for them. Yeah, like he looks like so he's a very good player and played so well over at the Olympics. I'm glad to see him get a medal. That's a look. That, that team is just stacked. I just I, that team is going to be every move they you know, they got Bobby Brown back. They pick up Johnson, who's going to provide some strength. Like everything they've done, this is going to be the team to beat if they stay healthy. And that's the million dollar question: Can they keep those guys on the court? Kurt Heelan joins us, NBA Summer League, as we are here. NBA Summer League, one of the best events of the summer. You can catch all the games on ESPN, NBA television. All right, just want to talk about two franchises because we're in Vegas. The Timberwolves and New Orleans as potential suitors to move to Vegas and or Seattle down the road. I want to talk about the viability of those teams turning it around in those two markets. Who do you like better long term, New Orleans or Minnesota being the stronger foothold in that region? I would be – how should I put this? First off, the I, expansion's talk seems to have cooled a little. Right. right? That's why I'm bringing it up. Yeah. yeah. Um, if, if that doesn't – and nobody's going to move now, but there's been a lot of talk about Gail Benson, uh, Tom Benson's widow who now runs the Pelicans. Look, she's in it for the Saints. Yeah, she's <laughs> all in on the Saints. <laughs> and and – Look, man, if you ever go to New Orleans, it is a Saints town. <laughs> the Pelicans are an afterthought. Um, that's a small market without a lot of money. That's the one that seems like could be sold and moved more easily. 
Um, it's not expensive to move Minnesota, and I think what you're going to see is the new owners, especially once they really take control in a couple of years. I mean, they're going to, let's put it this way, I've heard that they get carte blanche, not carte blanche, but they're running the show, and Glenn Taylor is kind of just still involved, but mm. nodding in the background, but could step in if they did something crazy. Once Glenn Taylor's out of the picture, they're going to push for a new arena. And if they don't get it, because the Target Center just isn't going to work, and for a lot of reasons, if they don't get it, Vegas becomes what Los Angeles was to the NFL for so long. Hey, man, built-in fan base, built arena, I can be there. So I, I've heard rumors that they wanted to move out of there, but I think what they're going to try to do is get the new building in Minnesota and when that, if that doesn't come through. Um, I think it's more likely to see New Orleans move, but also you're second in the pecking order. It, it's still the league will push to get Seattle its team back first. So the league will push for Seattle to get an M. Even with the Kraken and the new hockey oh, yeah, team no, I, it, focusing on that, they want to go back. They owe Seattle after and Seattle that's a, moving. They and, owe them that They trip. owe them that. Plus, I mean, it is a big market. It is a big TV market. And you don't really have to worry about enough money up there. It's kind of like Vegas. Like, no, there's plenty of money. There's plenty yeah. to fill the seats, man. Those, those expen- the expensive seats that drive these things. So uh, it's not that Vegas couldn't get one of those, but the league will push for Seattle first. Just that's the... Kurt Heelan is our guest as we wrap it up from NBA Summer League. Finally, the state of the game. Where you see the game now. This is our second season during a pandemic. I walked in today, earlier today, into the Thomas and Mac, and one of the handlers told me that. JT, good to see you. I can't believe we're doing this again with masks on. We just had the mask mandate. We're back with the mask mandate. And the NBA keeps pushing on. I give Adam Silver a lot of credit for the first year in the bubble in Orlando, getting a championship done. We saw the crowds outside and the enormous crowds in Milwaukee. And now we're at Summer League again, and it's a little bit tough to navigate with the mask on, but we're getting through it. Are the owners happy with the revenue, the TV money, the streaming money coming in? What's the state of the NBA? I'll tell you how you know that the owners are pretty happy with the revenue coming in. They're not talking about expansion as much. That was what expansion got hot when they were all losing money, and suddenly they could get what was going to, you know, $2.5 billion a team. It worked out for the two teams to be like, 800 million straight to the bottom line. They don't split it with the players. And all of a sudden, the owners were like, hey, man, we could use that cash infusion. Now they're not thinking that way, which means there's enough revenue coming in. The new TV deal kicks in in 2014. There'll be negotiations around that. I don't know that it's going to blow up quite like the NFLs did, but it's going to be pretty close. They might double it. And the reason is that the NBA has become, as much as the, the domestic market is big, it has become the place you go watch basketball. It's the best basketball league in the world. It is streaming in, not in China, in the Philippines, in yeah. all over Europe. That's the growth market for them in a lot of ways is overseas. And that's easier to, you know, it's easier to set up streaming and stuff over there. Like the, the next TV deal, which is going to have all sorts of streaming rights, is going to be close to double what, or, or so what this one was. The owners, the owners are good, man. Every, and double. I think with that. Television money for all of our listeners <laughs> Money is doubling. Yep. You believe this? I mean, it's 2021. No. We're thinking 2024, 2029, 2030. How long could there be a double and a double and a double? It's like I, real estate. Point. A house is worth 200, then it's worth a million. Is that same house from 1949 going to be worth $6 million? It shouldn't be. <laughs> but in sports, the money never slows down, Kurt. I moved during the pandemic. And then I got a thing on the valuation of my house. I'm like, oh. it went about uh, how much in the last year? <laughs> it was kind of crazy. Um, it's been, at some point you think that bubble's got to burst. But I think that the, what the, with the NBA in particular, because you're growing your market overseas and you're growing it in, you know, 
they're working hard in India and all these places. China obviously is a weirdly fraught situation, but that's a basketball happy market that love the, sure. the young people there love it. Those markets aren't going anywhere. So even if you even if you max out domestically, and people are like, oh, the ratings are down domestically. Yeah, but that's not the whole picture. Absolutely. Drive safe back to L.A. Thanks I for will. doing this. Thank, thanks for having me on, man. Great to Good see, see you, you, buddy. See you that too. is Kurt Heelan, one of the best. We always have him on from one of the best insiders we've had. And everything you see at NBC Sports, the content that he has with this entire team is incredible. That was brought to you by PTs, the best happy hour in town. Go to PTs to watch NBA Summer League. Go to PTs to watch the Raider game on Saturday. We're giving away a pair of Raider tickets today. If you want to get through, uh, get, get through now, 702-365-9200. We have a bunch of guests coming up. And when we come back, Spencer Hayward's going to join us, the Hall of Famer, at the top of the hour. And we're going to play John Gruden's press conference. John Gruden had a press conference. When we have it around our time slot, we'll play that in its entirety. Also, Damon Arnett spoke to the media we have that sound too when we come back so keep it here live from the thomas and max center home of mgm resorts nba summer league right here on raider nation radio 9 20 a.m You see a lot of veteran presence, right? But also honoring the guys that are playing, you know, honoring like, hey, if you see it that way on the D-line, do you see it that way? Because I see it. And just our team, you can just feel this momentum of everyone just heading towards getting better, you know, whereas I've been around sometimes where people are pulling the other way and uh, can't win like that. That's Derek Carr, Derek Carr's press conference. we got John Gruden's coming up here at the top of the hour. Also Hall of Famer Spencer Hayward. A pleasure to be joined by my SiriusXM teammate from NBA Today on SiriusXM NBA Radio. Justin Termini joins us from Summer League. Good to see you, my friend. Nice to see you as well. I got a nice little setup here. Walking, uh, everybody walking by. The atmosphere is is starting to pick up the last couple of days as well. Well, you got the VIP downstairs. Yeah, we're downstairs. up with all of that. You're yeah. in the bowels of the. This place has got some history. They pumped some money into it. Thomas and Mac, they're doing a nice job and a great effort behind the scenes with everyone involved with this process to get it going again during a pandemic. Yeah, I mean, listen, I've been doing this since uh, I think uh, 2000. 11 2012 somewhere in that area and like every year it just continues to grow bigger and bigger and I had the, clearly the setback last year and now you're dealing with the pandemic so maybe it takes a little bit of a hit but I mean the atmosphere just you know from the, the first year we started covering it and the amount of people that were here where we could sit up in the location where you are right now it didn't have to be down in the bowels of the arena and you could have Jerry West sitting with us for like a half hour and nobody would come over and bug him and then eventually as like the years went along we'd take even like a, a C-list type of player you You'd put them out in the setup, and they'd just be mobbed by by the by the crowd. So, I mean, the, the way that this has taken off over the last decade or so is just amazing. To What's say. your favorite part? Is it the young players, the rookies? Is it talking to owners? Is it talking to scouts and beat riders? You do a lot of homework and yeah. research. What do you like the most? Yeah, it's not even close to the to the young guys that are playing. Like that's maybe last on the list. And there's been some some big moments, like uh, of course, like D'Angelo Russell a couple of years ago hit a big shot, and he's like got the ice in his veins, and there's all the Laker fans here, and they're treating it like it's the NBA Finals, like. 
like that's cool to see. It's cool to see like Giannis make his appearance. You don't know who he is, and then you see the growth. Like that stuff's cool. But I think it's it's talking to the different executives and owners and, and GMs uh, and getting a little feel behind the scenes, right? Like you get stories that uh, you know the, the breaking, you know, the news that's happening, and then you just get the take like off the record, right? Of how guys feel about it. Kevin Durant decides with Golden State. All right, how do people feel about it? How do they feel about it on the air? How do they feel about it off the air? Because it's two different stories, and if you're not getting that other story if you're not out on site and then it's just sitting down with people like Tom Thibodeau who a lot of people don't think has a sense of humor yeah well he'll let his guard down in an event like this and you could talk to him for 25 minutes uh, and he's joking around you don't get that from Tom Thibodeau maybe in the middle of a season or anybody because they're so focused on the end goal what happened in the NBA finals after the Suns were up two games to none why couldn't they close that out they only needed to win two more games and then we see the route go on from Milwaukee, breaking down the tape and covering that series. Yeah. What'd you see? Well, I, we talked to Mike Budenholzer yesterday on the, on the program, and one of the things that like, he felt very confident after game two, and I likewise did as well, in that, you know, you'd only seen, I think, four teams come back from 2 nothing down, uh, the Latin, and only twice really since, what, 77, when Walton and the Blazers did it against Philadelphia, uh, and that was the, the 2006 NBA Finals when, when the Heat did it, and then 2016 when LeBron did it, of course, in that historic series against Golden State. But I think in game two, you saw the, the, the defensive coverage change on Chris Paul, where they're forcing him to give up the ball a little bit and not allow him to get that little mid-range jumper. And the only th- reason they lost game two anyway was because the outside shooters were knocking down shots so consistently. And you're like, they're not, I think they went like 20 of 40. You're not going to see that in an NBA game at the, at, the, at the finals level where you're shooting 50% on 43s. So you knew that would not continue. And if Milwaukee continued to that defensive approach, they were going to have a, a good chance of winning. And then it just came down to the best player on the floor is Giannis. And as we know, oftentimes when you've got the best player on the floor in a series, you're going to win the series. Justin Termini joins us, NBA radio from NBA Summer League. I want to stay on the topic of missed threes. Nothing aggravates you. I can hear it in your voice on your shows. Same with mine. When something goes down, when a team's got a six, eight-point lead, it's under five minutes to go, and I see them trying to put away a game with a three. They miss a couple, and the other team's right back in the game. The fascination of the three-pointer in this league, and when players miss, how it lets the other team get back into the game. What big of a pet peeve is that for no, you? Because we see it all the time. It's huge because you also hear like how the game is better today, the athletes are better right. today, and maybe the athletes are better, okay? So, like, yeah, 40 years, you know, 60 years ago, and Bob Cousy celebrated his birthday the other day, and I'm a big, you know, I'll stand up on a pedestal, and I'll, hey, I'll pump Cousy up, I'll pump Jerry West up, Elgin Baylor, all those guys, and give them the credit. Okay, maybe the athletes are better, but do they play smarter? I don't think they play smarter. I don't think they know. Like, they don't know how to throw a post pass into the, into the paint. Uh, they don't know how to manage the clock. Uh, they don't know how to get a good shot. Like, a lot of that stuff is, you know, you're just not playing intelligently. You're relying on a three. Houston, a couple of years ago, had a good opportunity of beating Golden State. They went oh of twenty. They, they went twenty-seven consecutive missed threes. Okay, something's not working. Like change it up, right? In Game Seven of the Conference Finals, it's like, and it goes back to my favorite player growing up was like Larry Bird, right? All right, so the outside shot's not falling. What's Bird doing? He's going down on the post, and then if the post, he's having trouble down there because he's got a tough defender. Okay, what's he doing next? All right, he, he's dishing. He's making sure McHale gets his game going. Dennis Johnson, Ainge, Robert Parrish. Like, there's multiple ways to attack a game if something's not working. You change it up, and, and the, you don't see those adjustments in the, in the game today. That is a great point. The Warriors in their mini dynasty was able to do that. If yeah, Steph exactly. couldn't get a three, Clay could get a three, Clay could get an open look, Gray, Draymond can get a tip in. Yeah. They just found a way. Iguodala could yeah. play defense. Do you think that LeBron and now this new version of the big three plus Carmelo, 
you think they'll play a different style of basketball? Are you looking for something unique or just feed LeBron and AD? Yeah, I mean, well, those are the two guys you're going to have to rely on, and it comes down to Russell Westbrook. How is Russell Westbrook going to approach it? Because I think the, 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 the question has never been his talent. It's never been, like, his, his effort, right? I mean, those two things are there. It's, is he going to play intelligently? Uh, and I think LeBron's maybe the first person that he's going to have to listen to and that he has to respect. Like, with Durant, he felt he was on equal footing. With Harden, he felt he was on equal footing. With Paul George, he probably felt he was better than Paul George. So I think this is the first time where maybe he's got a guy that he has to respect and he has to listen to. Now, hopefully he does, because if he doesn't, uh, he's going to get criticized at the end of the season. Like, there was the whole uh, piling on, and and Stephen A. Smith started that thing. He didn't really start it, but brought it to a new level with, hey, it's empty numbers. And I agree to an extent, because he's played with some good teams and they haven't won. This year, you can't win with Anthony Davis. You can't win with LeBron James. Well, you're, you're, those are going to be called empty numbers then. You have no excuse, and I don't think the age is an excuse. You look at what the 98 Bulls were doing. Jordan was 34. I think Rodman was 37. Pippen was 32. That was an old team. And then go back to 1969 with Bill Russell at the age of 34, 35 in his final season. Sam Jones, 34, 35, his final season. Oh, well, the athletes are better today. The medicine is better today. If Bill Russell's you know, the best player, and they had Havlicek at 28 in his prime, but guess Guess what? Anthony Davis is 28. So if Sam Jones and, and, and Bill Russell are winning at the age of 34, 35, in 1969, when according to everybody today, the medicine was stunk, right? Medicine stunk. Yeah, That's all nothing. you hear about. Well, guess what? You got the training, you got the medicine. If they could win at that age, then the Lakers should be able to win at that age. Wrapping it up with Justin Termini, kind with his time, NBA Summer League. So follow me here with LeBron. Let's say LeBron wins one more ring. He goes to two more finals with the Lakers, wins one. He's got five. Yeah. But he's played in double the finals as LeBron. Excuse me, as Michael, as Jordan. Then he laps him. He laps him with points, rebounds, assists, and playoff stats. Where do you define his legacy tied up to Jordan? At least one more ring for him. Yeah, well, I I think the insult is, and no, like I'm not accusing you of this because it's just I think society as a whole and the Mm -hmm. the media adds on to this. Where's Kareem in this conversation? Where's Russell? Where's Magic? Where's Bird? Absolutely. I think there's about seven guys that you can throw into that conversation and say, this is the reason that guy is the best, right? Russell was the greatest winner of all time. Wilt was the most dominant. Larry Bird had the best prime of five years. Maybe you could say nobody ever played the game at a higher level than him. Magic made his teammates better like nobody else and that's the point of the game it's it's five on five it's not one on one so I think it includes about six or seven guys that conversation but just the Jordan and LeBron front uh I I watched that last dance I think like Mm -hmm. everybody did right and you saw all the controversies that Jordan had to go through and that team had to go through right and try and motivate themselves to win year after year even though they had been around each other so much and the bad blood that created with like Jerry Krause correct I think it's much more difficult to win in one location than it is bouncing around because Jordan was dealing with like having to motivate the same guys year after year. And they were Horace Grant, you're swapping in Dennis Rodman. I understand that. But you're having to motivate yourself under those circumstances. Uh, you're getting sick of being around the same guys, right? And then, and this is what all the other superstars have had to deal with, LeBron hasn't. For example, Magic's got to deal with Kareem getting older. He's not going from Kareem to, all right, I'm going to trade Kareem in for, uh, for uh, you know, Hakeem Olajuwon then, right? And then Hakeem in his prime, I'm going to benefit from that. Bird, all right, I'm going to have to grow old here with Parrish and, and McHale. Those guys are breaking down. So LeBron's going, and he's playing with Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade starts to break down a little bit. I'm going to go play with Kyrie Irving. I'm going to play uh, with Kevin Love. Those guys start to, you know, break down or or get restless and you can't deal with the controversy. All right, I'm going to go play with Anthony Davis. So you're trading these guys. It had almost been like if, if, you know, 
again, Magic is playing with Kareem, but only the prime version of Kareem throughout his entire career. That's a great analysis about legendary superstars from our era, yeah. the same era, yeah. having to make that decision to stay as their teammates get older. And it would have been a lot easier, Justin, to just yeah. leave and go play with younger players who are up and coming who are superstars. Of course, it, ma- it makes it easier because you're vet- like now LeBron doesn't have to be that main guy. Right? I mean, Magic Bird, Jordan had to be the main guy throughout the course of the entire career if they're winning a, a title. And I still think LeBron will be the best player on the team this year moving forward. But like two, three years from now, he could potentially still be winning titles, but he's not going to be the best player on that team. It's going to probably be Anthony Davis. Thanks for finding me. Thanks for coming yeah, on absolutely. the show all the time. And continued success. Yeah. Good seeing you in Vegas. Absolutely. Enjoy the rest of the show. I mean, I, listen, I wish we were doing our show from up here. I like the, the energy level. Yeah, and you're close to everything exactly. on the concourse. The real fans. Good to see you, buddy. All right. Thanks Appreciate for it, doing Brent. that. Justin Termini, fantastic. Fantastic radio host, comes on the show a lot. Really appreciate him doing this as we continue on. We got those Raider tickets. Thanks for doing this, buddy. Appreciate that. We got a lot happening here today as we continue here. Bobby's working back in the studio. We're trying to line up a couple of other guests, but what we're going to do is we're going to give away a pair of Raider tickets. And if you remember my background, I used to win the huge call of the day on the Jim Rome show before I won the smack off. And what that meant is, I would have to call in to the sports talk show with a great call. Some days I'd win a prize. Other days I wouldn't win a prize. So that's what we're going to have to do today. My homage to Jim Rome, who gave me my start. We got to hear from local Raider fans. We can only give away the tickets to local Raider fans who can get the tickets for Saturday night. So I'm excited about that. I'm also excited to find out there's a lot going on with the ribbon cutting ceremony. If you're coming to the game, there's a lot happening with the game. There was some updates today. There's some big storylines happening, and I think we got some big news coming up. I never root for injuries. I never want to see anybody ever get hurt. But Rashad Bateman is hurt, and he's hurt for the Ravens, their number one pick, their first-round pick, their new star wide receiver. I just got a text from Jerry Coleman, who's our insider uh, back in Baltimore. I said, how big is Rashad Bateman out for this Raider game? He says it's huge. It's a long-running issue with the wide receiver draft picks. For this organization, they have a number of injuries. So, again, I don't root for injuries. I root for the Raiders to win. The Raiders have that first game against Baltimore. Last year, they went up against Christian McCaffrey, Carolina. They won that game, and then the Raiders came home for the first ever game at Allegiant Stadium, and Michael Thomas was hurt and tried to go through that, and it was a big part of that game because he was the best player on the field, either Raiders' side or or New Orleans side, he didn't have an impact. Now we're looking at a Baltimore team coming into Las Vegas for Monday Night Football where groin surgery is the conclusion, and it looks like Rashad Bateman's going to miss that game, plus uh, a number of other injuries. If the Raiders ever had a bleeping game plan, which I know they do, but if they ever had a specific one to stop the run, and what they're going to have to do to start Lamar Jackson, that install has got to be in right now by Gus Bradley. The install to stack the box and slow down Lamar Jackson and make sure the safeties are able to jump into the box and stop him. Remember, if Jonathan Abram misses Lamar Jackson on the 30-yard line, he's going to go 70 yards. No one's going to catch him. Same thing with Trevon Merrick. They have to tackle this running quarterback It's going to be a big talk that we have heading into the pregame show on Saturday. 702-365-9200 as we open it up. Uh, Jerome, thanks for holding. You're up. Go ahead, Jerome. How are you? Hey, thanks for taking my call, JG. Thank you, Jerome. Yeah, I just want to let everybody know 
the reason why the Raiders' destiny this year is to not only beat the Kansas City Chiefs, but make it to the playoffs and make sure they don't make it to the Super Bowl again. Now, that in 74, they beat the Dolphins to stop them. Mm-hmm. Then in 76, due to the Steelers. Right. Then, then 80, due to the Steelers again. And then, and then uh, on the revenge of the tough rule game, which I was at that game, by the way, mm-hmm. we, we, we stopped uh, New England from getting to the playoffs. If we got to the playoffs, that way, New England probably won four in a row. So what are you saying, Jerome? You're saying that the Raiders are going to be the death star that ends Kansas City's reign where they thought they were going to win multiple Super Bowls and they will not win another one again? Is that the gist of this? You got it, my friend. I love it. Thank you, buddy. We'll let you know if you want. Jerome, he brings up a very important point, and I'm going to stand up here. I'm going to stand up and stretch my legs here at the Thomas and Mack. Here's the point that he brought up, which is very important. The Kansas City Chiefs must be stopped at all cost. They cannot win another Super Bowl. They walk around and they act like they're the Oakland Raiders, Los Angeles Raiders. I was just at the ceremony for Tom Flores. Marcus Allen picked up the microphone and spoke. Marcus was a legendary Kansas City Chief, but he's an icon with the Raiders. Kansas City must be stopped. I don't believe that they're a Super Bowl winner again. Are they a Super Bowl contender? Yes. Are they going to win the AFC West? Most likely. They're better than everybody. They're better than the Raiders when it comes to at least the roster. But they got to play an extra game this year. Mahomes last year was banged up. They tried to mix and match that offensive line. They don't have the defense that they had a few years ago when they ended up winning the Super Bowl. So I think he's on to something. It's not automatic that Kansas City's building a dynasty. And if they're going to build the dynasty, they've got to go through Las Vegas and the Raiders, and the Raiders should have swept them last year. I'm still pissed off that they didn't sweep them last year. Remember, a minute 43 to go in that game after the Jason Witten touchdown, and Kansas City went the length of the field on what I believe was the biggest gaffe of the entire season, the Jonathan Abram mistake on trying to come forward when Patrick Mahomes looked to run and Travis Kelsey got behind him. That cannot happen again, not only with Jonathan Abram, but Trayvon Merrig and Gus Bradley having him lined up right. That cannot happen again. And if it didn't happen last year, Kansas City would have tried to go for it. They would have been desperate, and I think the Raiders would have swept them, and the Raiders would have made the playoffs. If you look at all the games that slipped away, first and goal at the four against the Chargers, the Miami Miracle, where Fitzpatrick's helmet got ripped off, and he completed that Hail Mary plus the 15-yard penalty to lose that game. The one that stays with me the most is the Kansas City victory in Las Vegas where the Raiders had him dead to rights with a minute 43 to go, and Mahomes went easily the length of the field. That can't happen under Gus anymore. 702-365-9200 as we continue here. We got John Gruden's press conference. We have Steph McKenzie. Who's going to join us? Hall of Famer Spencer Hayward is going to check in here. Can't wait to interview him. Hall of Famer in the NBA. He's here at Summer League. He's going to join us at the top of the hour. Ruben in Vegas. What's going on, Ruben? We've got two tickets on the line. How are you? Good, good. Hope all's well with you guys. I'm just really quick, man. I'm just really excited for this season. And I hope we prove everybody wrong, man. I'm sick and tired of all these national media all they do is talk bad about us. The only reason they talk bad about us is because it gets them clickbait. It gets the ratings up. But then when the Raiders start winning, they, they're the first ones to call the organization, asking for players to talk and interview and this and that. 
So I just want to prove everybody wrong, especially at work, because I bet everybody at work lunch, you know, that we will make the playoffs this year. Ruben, how many lunch bets do you got out there? Come on, Vegas is an expensive town to bet lunch. You're not having, you're not betting lunch at Wynn and Encore, right? You're just doing it somewhere else, right? Yeah, no, we 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 doing it, you know, a little local spot here and there. But you know, I got honestly like maybe seven, eight guys that are betting me, and it's crazy. They all they all want to go to a Raider game, but they've been against us. Oh, don't send don't send anybody to a Raider game who's rooting against the Raiders. I mean, that's the. That's the dirty secret in this town here. Don't sell your tickets to anti-Raider fans. You want to sell them to the highest bidder from Raider Nation, go ahead and do that. But don't sell those tickets to those Kansas City fans. And there's not any Charger fans. I've only met like 11 in my life. I lived in San Diego for eight years. But be careful with those tickets. Don't give them away. No, no. I mean, I I don't have tickets personally. I got my company got tickets. If my boss is listening, Burke, you know I love you. But but other than that, man, like, I just want, and I've been a Raider fan since 81. I was born in 81, and and we haven't had as many win years, but I just have a feeling that we're going to prove people wrong, and we're just going to win. Good, man. I'm ready, man. I'm just ready for the season. Thanks for the call, Ruben. We'll see if you win. Love the passion there from Ruben, and he's been a Raider fan a long time. Notice he got in. He doesn't have tickets. Says we're giving away two tickets. He kind of slid that in there, which is important, too, and I hope everybody's coming out to this preseason game. There are going to be a lot of surprises. Got a big meeting over at the facility tomorrow. There's going to be some cool surprises. If you get there early, wink, wink, get there early for this game. And it's really a monumental moment in the history of this town. The ribbon cutting, the first ever game in the history of the stadium with fans. A lot of people did a lot of work to make this happen, and all Raider fans should be in there tomorrow night early. Get in there early, figure out your traffic pattern, figure out your tailgate. This is your dress rehearsal. We don't have another preseason game here. This is the dress rehearsal for Monday night. Figure out what you're doing. Get there. When we're talking X's and O's, we're talking Remy Martin team up for excellence with a Remy Martin to set on the rocks or Remy 1738 or VSOB in a cocktail. There's no other team I want to team up with other than the Remy Martin line of cognacs. Remy Martin team up for excellence. And Remy's got their own bar right in the back of the Raiders Tavern and Grill was over there the other day and tweeted out a nice picture over at the M Resort, at JT the Brick. We got the John Gruden press conference coming up. Spencer Hayward, Dave Softy-Malo to preview the Seahawks, Steph McKenzie, and maybe another NBA guest or two. If you're coming down to Summer League at the Thomas & Mac, come say hi. We're right at Section 115. Right at Section 115, Portal 34. Set up, excited, hoping to see you here. Great to be back in NBA Summer League. It's an honor to be at one of the best events in all of Las Vegas. Come on out and see us on Raider Nation Radio. I feel like we all, well, me and my teammates, we adjusted really well to it. Um, I know specifically for me, it was a lot of the same coverages that I ran in college, um, dealing with some of the same coaches who coach together. You know, they tend to um, share schemes and things like that. So I was um, 
real familiar with the coverages and and things like that. I just had to match up. Like it was just, I just called it something different in college, but it was just the same concepts and things like that. Once I understood like the Raider talk, the terminology, uh, I was able to start piecing things together. That's Damon Arnett who spoke to the media today. JT live from Summer League at the Thomas and Mac. We're in the main concourse, uh, section 114, 115. If you're coming down, please come by and say hi. I'm pulling for Damon Arnett. I mean, he's too important of a draft pick. He's got to step up and play well. If it's slot corner, if he comes in and starts, if it's a backup, if someone goes down, Arnett's got to have a monster year this year. He was drafted very high to play in big games and be a leader on this team. He's got to get it. He put on the muscle mass. He got stronger. He's had an unbelievable camp. Everybody's excited about him. But he's got to prove that he can get on the field and stay available, something he couldn't do last year. Mike in Vegas from Summer League, Raider Nation Radio. How are you, Mike? I'm doing great, JT. First, I want to start off by thanking you and uh, Raider Nation Radio for giving us Raider fans and Raider Nation Worldwide a platform to, uh, to voice our opinions. It's, it's been pretty awesome. It's our pleasure. Thank you. Uh, you know what? I think this season the biggest thing we need to do is control what we can control. Don't worry about the outside things. And then the things we, we get thrown that we may not be able to control, we adapt and overcome as a team with our coaches and our players. Don't worry about the small things that, that you can't control. Just deal with what the cards you've been dealt and, and make the best hand out of it. And we proved last year that we can hang and beat Kansas City. I don't see any reason that we can't continue forward on that same road to get us to, to the prize at the end. Yeah, I think you're right on something. There wasn't a mental. It wasn't so much breakdowns. We didn't have guys popping off. The coaches weren't unstable. What happened was the team started off 6-3 and three and then got to a point on the back end of the season due to COVID injuries, uh, the firing of a defensive coordinator, and the defense breaking down that they fell apart the second half of the year. We're not expecting that to happen. If you look back on COVID injuries, the inability to get guys out there to practice, there was an excuse on why this team played so poorly, but they don't care about excuses. I don't either. Now, as you said, quiet the background noise, go win these games, no excuses, and be available in the second half of the year. Don't be in the tub. Don't be in the training room. Don't have COVID. Don't be sick. Be ready there as a team to close out the regular season. I, I 100% agree. We don't, we don't have the big eyesore that we had last year on that offensive line who wanted his money and didn't want to play in Trent Brown. We got that, we got that, that out of our way, and now we can, just fo- we can focus as a team and go out there and do what we need to do. Thanks for the call. I appreciate that. You know, the background noise, there isn't a lot of background noise recruiting. I've known John since the first time he came here. and He was the coach of this team. There's not a lot of background noise. He doesn't put up with it. There's not a lot of gossip. There's not a lot of players popping off, going rogue in the media. There's none of that. It's a pretty well-established philosophy that Gruden has with the team and making sure that the team is ready to play. And now they have to be available. What happened last year, anybody, even the biggest Gruden critics, will understand that players weren't available for him during a pandemic. And hopefully we're not going to see that again this year. And then if they don't win and they don't play well and they have breakdowns and poor judgment and bad play, then there's going to be a lot of people having problems around here. I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening this year. Just keep these guys healthy. 
keep them healthy and available and give Gruden and Carr the best opportunity to win games because they don't have to go to the deep subs on this team. Everybody can play. James in Vegas, Raider Nation Radio, what's happening? How you doing? I just wanted to call, and I'm so happy the Raiders are here. But I wanted to tell you a story how I became a Raider fan. Yes. I grew up in Pasadena, California. Well, I'm originally from Iowa, but grew up in Pasadena. And so I went to the Minnesota Vikings and the Raiders Super Bowl. The way I got those tickets, I was, it was late night, and we were playing cards, and I won the tickets at, the, at a, a card game. Wow. But anyway, what happened, I won two tickets. Me and my friend went. But I was a Minnesota fan. And while I was watching the game, I kept seeing the Raiders sending Minnesota Vikings players out on stretchers. <laughs> Every hit. Bam! Bam! <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. They were just tearing the team apart. And that day I became a Raider fan. And I've been a Raider fan ever since. I just love the Raiders. I'm one of them crazy ones. So, so you went into the uh, Super Bowl a Viking fan, and because of the violence of Jack Tatum and George Atkinson and the hit by Phil Villapiano, you changed to the Raider Nation. That's correct. And my favorite player, and I just got an autograph from Jack Tatum. Not uh, Is it Jack Tatum? Who did I get that from? Anyway, I, I got an autograph up at the store, Albertson. He was up mm-hmm. doing autographs, one of the Raider players. Can't think of his name right off the head. Okay. But that's how I became violent. They put them out. I know we can't have those types of hits now, but the Raiders make you pay it. Thanks, my friend. Appreciate the call. Look at that. A guy who switched. He sold the soul to the Raiders because of the Jack Tatum hit and what happened to Sammy White and the big hits over the middle. Appreciate the call. That's one hour. It flew by. Hour number two coming up next. Hall of Famer Spencer Haywood will join us. We're looking for another NBA guest, and we'll keep it rolling. We'll get you up here. We have another hour to give away these uh, two Raider tickets. We have a pair for the Raider game on Saturday, the first ever game with fans at Allegiant Stadium. Sold-out fans, you know, the packed Raider fans. Not talking about a few fans for a UNLV game. Not that there's anything wrong with a few fans at a UNLV game. But it's the Raider preseason, the first game against the Seahawks. And we're excited about that. 702-365-9200 brought to you by the Henderson Hyundai Superstore.